hello everybody hello hello again and welcome welcome to the fourth the fourth episode you know it, it it feels like yesterday where we just started but now man we're already in the fourth one welcome to the fourth episode of the hsbg podcast name pending whatever <laughs> we'll figure it out but yeah uh, i'm here educated collins with my co-host uh shady bunny how you doing i'm doing well how are you today collins I'm doing all right. You know, I woke out of the bed, which is a plus. You know, I got got the topics done. <laughs> it's a plus. Prepared. Excellent. excellent so, yeah, excellent. I've done yeah, my man, basics. We're, we're here and we're going to be here next week. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah but thank yeah. you for having us. And uh, we've got a couple of, of things to talk about. A lot of, a uh, couple exciting changes and things like that. So, uh, let's get started. Let's just uh, go off the first topic, the overview of Battlegrounds this week, right? Um, I personally haven't played too much. I said this last week. <laughs> I was oh, doing transitioning stuff. out of play and just casting. <laughs> yes, I I am doing other things besides nonstop playing. Though I've played a ton, and I could talk about it for a long time. But yeah, I, I I was you know spending more of this week talking than playing. But you know, it was fun. I had a lot of good times. How about you, City? I had a great time. Uh, spent a lot of time prepping for the tournaments and got my ass kicked in the tournaments for hey, some hey, days. Hey, <laughs> hey. Uh, before we get into that, spoiler warnings, sure. you know, we will be talking about the tournament this uh, uh, that's true. Spoiler, spoiler. This, uh, this podcast. So if you haven't taken a look, F2K had a tournament. Uh, very exciting tournament, very interesting, a lot of great players. So if you haven't watched that, and you do, and you mind getting spoiled to results or some of the games and stuff like that, you know, just you know, pause the stream. Well, this is well, you can't really <laughs> go watch the tournament and watch this on a later day, you know. But yeah, yeah pause uh, this, right? Watch the tournament, then come back. Yeah, freeze time for a little bit and come back later. But yeah, we will be talking about that, so just um, just keep that in mind. But yeah. Uh, other than that, you know, a lot of battlegrounds. I don't, I don't think the um. So we had the patch uh, a little bit last week, right? It added a, a minion. Actually, have you? You haven't seen the minion at all, have you? I don't think that's no. Been... You. It's only recently, like a few days now, two days, three days, or something. Okay, so but it wasn't it wasn't there for the tournament and stuff like that. No, so, no, it wasn't there for the tournament. Yeah, so just keep in mind they they had the change, but. It, only recently has it been in so the meta hasn't really i guess fully adjusted to that change and stuff like that the hero has been in so we can we can probably dive into that a little bit more and you know pilot shredder has been removed i haven't really felt it <laughs> to be fair that card has been gone and i've not not met, seen anyone no, mention it. it's like no, no one no, seems no. to care but yeah anyways yeah, uh, so the, the new minion is so from this is from limited exposure to it, right. of course, because it's it's in a bit of a weird spot, right? It's not really a synergy unit, so it's not like you pick it up later on. It doesn't have a type. So for anyone that's not aware, the new minion is a 3-5, three, 3 drop. And if it survives damage, meaning if it attacks or gets attacked and survives that encounter, your board gets plus 2, plus 2. And I hate the design because it's... <laughs> Well, I, th this is how I put it on my stream. It's like, well, you can get a golden spawn or nothing. Spawn's very good. Golden spawn is excellent. The coin flip of like, are you getting it? Are you not getting it? 
It's so insane. If you get it really early, it's so toxic because you just run into acolytes of Cthulhu and prisoners. You know, it's like, and even if people have zero small taunts, no way their entire board is five damage early. There's no way. So then it's like, oh, I hit the right thing. If you fight against it, it's incredibly tilting because imagine someone pulls an early three drop and it's a golden spawn. It's just, ugh. So I, I hate the design because it's it's so big where it's this all or nothing. You either connect and it's the nuts or it does nothing. And it just doesn't feel good. So it's just not a it's it's not a card that feels good. Okay. Right. It doesn't feel good to play because you might just run into a thing with five damage, or you get wrecked by it when someone else finds it and it hits your small taunt. So it's, it feels bad. All right. So what what you're saying is playing with it is a polarizing unit that create tends to create negative experiences more than positive experiences. So you know you think Brizzlers should take a look into it. It just doesn't feel like you get rewarded or that okay. you can play around it. Yeah. It's like, what am I going to do? I'm going to sell every single minion that doesn't have five damage? Not really, right? <laughs> am I banned for buying any small taunt in the game? All right, there's a Acolyte of Cthulhu pair. I can't take it. It's just, I don't know. It, it feels like it's just one of those things like, well, I sure hope I don't get wrecked. And that doesn't feel good. You know, you want to be able to play around things. Yeah. Right? You know, like Ritualist is a good example, right? Ritualist is a strong-ish two-drop. And if it eats a two damage minion and then buffs again afterwards, it's probably going to win the opponent of the game, but you can put a three damage minion up front and it feels like you have a little bit of control. Here it's just like, can I make a five damage taunt? No? Okay, good talk. <laughs> yeah. Were you around for like the uh, Divine Shield Murloc? Um, uh, I, I know what you speak of. I've okay. seen it in action and I played a bit back then. Does it, does it kind of remind you of that kind of feeling where there's not really anything you can do? Mm. Oh, does if it if uh if I go and I get the divine shield and I win and there's no counter player if I don't get it then it's just like yeah well it doesn't yeah feel good. it feels like there was a little bit more you could affect there with like um just ordering and also it's a late game thing because I mean let's be honest if your opponent's got two divine shield amagadons you probably also not win well we could talk about that later right but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I mean it's a tier six unit if your opponent builds the exodia thing where. You know, you've got two macros under shield and then all that. Uh, macros. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. But this is just like, oh, my opponent tripled, right? Like, the amount of times where your opponent triples and has an arm and you're just like, oh, wow, that's really good. Now, imagine if it's not plus three attack on the taunt. It's plus two, plus two on the whole board. <laughs> it's like, that's a little better than an arm. So. Yeah. It's just, I, I just took, I mean, I took 15 from a patches on like eight gold or something. I was like, this is stupid. And I took, like, not a single unit died. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, it, it, it does seem like it can be polarizing and it could be problematic. I was definitely worried about it um, in that you can get it super early and then just like win from there. And it, it seems to be having that result when I see people. Yeah, but I mean, you could also just run into someone like, for instance, a Kale Fast that just like made an Imprisoner right. into a five five. Right. Hey, then your card does nothing. So I'm not saying it's like OP. I just feel like it's not good for the game. It doesn't feel good to play with. It doesn't feel good to play against. I guess, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Otherwise, <laughs> we just keep going. Yeah, we'd go into this uh, forever. But yeah, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting uh, assessment of the card. So. We'll have to see how it goes from there, how it develops from there. Next topic, we shall be talking about the 
the tournament that happened over the weekend f2k united tournament so um it was a two-day tournament uh from 27 to 28 it invited 16 players uh there was day one five games each top four move on uh from both groups and then day two was a 10 round slobber knocker long day for a lot of the players same same day for us you know i i had to <laughs> go uh, six hours both days but for them it was like damn this is double the time so I, i'm sure they were tired by the end of it but i just wanted to talk about it from um just a caster's perspective just watching people play and just you know being a caster so it's always interesting i don't i don't think there's a lot of people that uh particularly cast or just like analyze Oh, battlegrounds gameplay and talks about it. it it always it always strikes me um just looking at how other people are playing the game and what their thought process is and how it differs from yours right a lot of high level players will tend to understand why someone will do something right but not agree with it like they'll watch someone play and they'll be like oh i get why they're doing that but then they also be like i wouldn't do that myself but i i get it you know they're they're going this direction yeah you know, and, and I always think it's nice to be able to uh, talk to the audience and just explain, oh, you see, they're doing something you would think is weird, but they are they have a mindset about this, that they're going to do this, they're going to force this, they're going to uh, look for this out, right? And that's why they're doing it. And it's always nice to just kind of let the viewers know, hey, this is why they're doing things, right? People are so quick to be like, they're wrong. This play was dumb. And I'm always like, ah, mine might be dumb, but... You know, actually, they're also thinking about this. Maybe you haven't considered this play. Maybe you haven't considered this opponent. Maybe you haven't seen what they're fighting and what they're trying to beat and stuff like that. That's why they're selling this. That's why they're switching their comms up to that. So I always like casting because it lets me do that. Also, I don't know. Casting, um, just in general, it feels kind of like freeing. You know, I, I, I can't really be necessarily judged you know i just analyze right i don't i don't have to be like i would do this it's just like i analyze what they're doing and this is why you're doing this right so there's no like ah clones this play was done it's, it's always like ah that was good analysis of their situation <laughs> can't really you know have a lot of haters for that so i i do like the casting role um but yeah that's that's just uh my take on it i, I think uh you know players have a little bit more you know, leeway, more excitement, right? They are talking about being in the game, play against the players, right? And it's good that we have someone <laughs> sitting next to me. Uh, but yeah, how, how did you feel about this tournament? I thought it was great. Uh, I learned a lot. And um, I mean, I guess my instinct would be to say it's a humbling experience, but I don't think I went in with the attitude like, oh, I'm just going to win this easy or anything like that. Uh, I, cool. I did. <laughs> Yeah, my mistake. Should have done that. Uh, yeah, it was it was good to see the nuances when you have eight strong players in the lobby as opposed to you know like two three strong players and then some fillers where because the matchmaking doesn't have you know all fourteen or thirteen k players in you know every lobby you play at any given time. Yeah, uh, it, it, it like I've played a couple of tournaments myself, right? And it, it always. I always think it's fascinating how different it feels sometimes where it's like, oh, I'm getting punished. Like, <laughs> what's going on? I've actually, you know, you, sometimes you just like, I just, you know, donkey level and I, and I get away with it, you know? And then sometimes I'll, I'll, uh, 
Like sometimes I'll play some rank games and then I'll recognize the names and it's like, oh no. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta, oh. you gotta watch what you're doing in there. Because I realized, oh, this is not gonna be as easy as you know it can be, right? Where I realized if I do this, right, and they are like paying attention or stuff, they just get punished, you know. Sometimes you're playing with fun and then like three turns in a row, I didn't get a minion. And I was like, What? How did how is this possible? Three turns of no minions, right? The first one leveled, the second one sold it to level, and the third one just didn't have a minion for some reason or no his minions were too big and i was like i i was screwed right and it's like i've never seen this this never happens right but it's because the players are you know they're they're playing to you know to essentially beat you make things hard for you right make it difficult so um those are things yeah, you just sure. don't see before right it just happens in tournaments and stuff like yeah that. like a, a particular moment i was millhouse i had just pulled two elizas i remember we were watching health. we were casting so, that yeah oh man i didn't i was too painful i didn't rewatch it i'm sitting there rubbing my hands two elizas i'm gonna and then i find hoppa and she has like full fleshed out juggler on nine gold what what's what's the level your millhouse yeah eight gold you've just leveled nine gold you level you buy your triples I look at my board, I'm like, two Elizas, I'm gonna own everyone. And she's just got golden juggler, two imp matrons. I'm like, what? And I take 20 damage and I'm out. Number eight. I just sit there in disbelief. What the fuck just happened? Yeah, we were yeah. watching that from the caster viewpoint, and uh that was a particularly painful moment because right then Hoppa had one juggler the turn before, had one roll rolled into golden juggler that turn and the six fortan and an imprisoner no no and the malganus and an imprisoner no no, no. Oh, he tripled okay. the 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 juggler got a malganus then got the imprisoner that same turn with an extra six for as well so was like was like uh testing or like you know in entertaining the thought of a juggler comp but that one roll single-handedly I believe won her the game because she got everything they needed to fully come into a juggler comp and just like punish the the next player. And 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 it was so painful because as soon as you see the fight, you see, oh, oh, this Mel has, has two Elizas. Oh, it's gonna be so happy. Double Eliza start can't really lose there. But you go you go against this nuts juggler comp, a meat that just got the nuts, would not have beat you. The turn before or anything like that or if the turn after even right as you would have in, <laughs> it would have transitioned so it was just that it was just a moment of weakness essentially there and a moment of strength uh that hop was able yeah to i mean she, she spiked really hard and yeah. i was about to spike really yeah. hard it, it, it 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 was i felt so bad <laughs> at that moment because <laughs> you know I what the worst part is of all of that what I told Hoppa Juggler was good. I, I know, I know. She <laughs> mentioned it at, in in the end in the interviews that Juggler was good, and it it it, it sucked because I saw the two uh, Eliza and I was like, oh, that must be shady. That's <laughs> like oh, shady would be running. So I was just like, huh, what what sad news there? But yeah, I, I, speaking of Hoppa, we could kind of take a look at the results, right? Just uh, in general. Uh, so it was uh, ten points for first and stuff, and. Uh, over 10 games and you can see hop with 75 points absolutely crushed 
the competition there just doing really well very consistent that was one thing i i, I noticed in in um her results her gameplay right she top four every game except the first one every single game after the first one she top four and even that first loss was um kind of an unlucky uh low percentage loss there for her so if if you know if everything worked out she would have almost top four every single game so just very very consistent in and how she played the game and just doing doing a lot of good stuff every single turn so it was just fun to watch uh just seeing <laughs> how how she like anytime she got a big advantage she was able to just win out and then um even in the unlucky games were like the bad heroes right she was able to salvage into like top three or top top two and so just just very very good good gameplay and you could kind of see some of the um the player tendencies as well right just it it, it was probably more evident when you're playing against them but some some people were forcing a similar comps or going to the, for the same similar heroes or similar archetypes and it was just cool to watch people have their own distinct styles yeah for sure for sure I, I think i played two finals against nina and two times she was just bunkering down taunt comp so yeah uh, Tom Comp was particularly interesting in, in the tournament as well because I don't think people uh, realized or played as much Tom Comp uh, before this tournament, right? Like, I think Tom Comp really, like, shot up uh, due to the tournament, just seeing a lot of people playing it and a lot of people doing well. And I was like, oh, this is a composition, right? I remember talking to one of the players. They didn't even know what Tom Comp was before this tournament. They were like, oh, what is a Tom Comp? You know, so it, it was just like interesting to see uh, just how prevalent or it was in the tournament and how people were doing well with it. I don't know. It feels like Sun was trolling. I feel like, <laughs> how can you not? I mean, how can well, well, Sun, Sun is high ELO, right? How can you? Like, it's everywhere. I don't think it was not there or less there before the tournament i think that's bullshit i i didn't mention uh sun by name but it, it yeah but she, <laughs> she tweeted it right it's obviously public right she tweeted out what the hell is a tonka it feels like she was trolling no i i i, I didn't get that impression from her i think she just didn't see it while she was uh, practicing and playing or maybe didn't maybe saw it and didn't recognize it as a tonka or something like that and just like I, I guess the thing is she probably sees people with some tonka components having a weaker version of it but right if you if you fight against players that know how to flesh it out you know because you've got some different components there i mean she's she's obviously fought against someone that had arm of the empire and like a divine shield taunt or she's fought against someone with two harbingers but if you know that oh this is a gray bow who knows exactly what he's doing it's got you know the golden harbinger it's got the egg and the respawn and all that that's a very different experience than just someone who's playing a bit of a you know um budget taunt comp let's put it that way yeah or if you fight a board of five divine shield taunt the golden arm and then uh, a champion of yasharash that's a lot different right suddenly your menagerie comp which just has regular big minions but they're not all shielded or they don't all have cleave or anything like that you just run into a 40 damage divine shield and you're like what i have a golden light fang you can't do this <laughs> I, I I do think there's probably a little bit of bias there, right? I mean, I you know you did popularize a little bit uh, the way the taunt goes, and then you also had Nina, you know, very proficient at taunt comp there. So there were two, you know, very well 
well-experienced taunt players in that in the finals playing 10 rounds in a row right so she probably saw more taunt comp in that tournament than maybe like in previous uh you yeah, know week or two I, of practice i knocked her out one game but that was yeah. just it was brutal because i i you know the way how i died when i pulled my two elizas right. it was pretty similar to sun i think sun had pulled an eliza or something strong but i just had void lord and harbinger and yeah. that's just oh no 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 it's even worse i was scam guy and i copied the void lord and i just sat there like oh yeah, i saw that we watched everything. that we we saw that as well on the cast <laughs> that was it, but those things just happen in the tournament where you fight people when they spike they know how to spike and then it's just like well the next person i play is dead right and i was the person that hoppa killed when that happened and then yeah. sudden unfortunately ran into me so yeah there there were a lot of um interesting plays from everyone i i don't think anyone particularly played bad just watching um the tournament from a caster's perspective i did notice some um you know some mistakes like technical mistakes where it's like they didn't play this or they forgot to play this and th there were also some i mean you can always like playing as playing or like perfectly super hydrate there's always like different lines and stuff you could do to um go one way or go another way right but and you know i've did say a little i did see a little bit of that but it's hard to even suggest oh this was going to be 100 percent the correct line and things like that but it, it is fun to just uh talk about it and see oh maybe if we went this direction we'd have a better outcome or, or things like that and when you're when you're talking about that stuff you also have to think of uh a hindsight right hindsight being super prevalent when people are analyzing their gameplays and stuff like that so uh it's always tough but uh, generally, uh, there was a lot of good play in, in the tournament, a lot of uh, interesting decisions, stuff that I maybe wouldn't have seen initially um, uh, w if I was in the tournament myself. So it's just always fun to have a lot of good players playing, right? That's one thing I really like about these tournaments where uh, you got a group of good people with different ideas and they all, you know, play with each other and trying to figure out what's better in the meta, where sometimes you're playing uh, in ranked and stuff and you you can get away with doing stuff or or people aren't like trying things or trying to punish you and, and or trying to win fully right you'll get people like just they'll mess up a triple and they'll leave <laughs> you know they'll just quit right you, you don't have any of that here where people are actually trying to win right they're actually trying to to, to do their best so i always like having that and I, I wish we had more um tournaments of, of this nature where yeah. you have people yeah. just going against each other i think a cool idea right would be just high level practice lobbies where you just reach out to other you know high mmr players and say hey you want to play some you know 12k minimum lobbies or or whatnot where you just because it does feel like in in the span of those 10 games i learned more than 20 ladder games for sure right. because things get tested and exposed and be like all right you can get away with this if you're not fighting strong strong opponents but there's just no way you can you know like sometimes it's like oh i'll just pull a six here and it's like no way you're pulling a six here or you know like uh i'll just I do greedy. it anyways <laughs> yeah yeah right but then it's get smacked by some jugglies yeah. <laughs> well no not that game that was, that was the right play the right play was to pull two alliances for yeah. sure uh but yeah whatever. no that's cool um i um i i thought it was just really nice to play and see these optimized boards because you see a lot of the time on ladder when you're playing and you look at someone's board and you say what are you doing 
Right. And I think throughout the entire, you know, 10 rounds of the finals, I'm just sitting there. Yeah, never had that, like, what are you doing feeling, right? It's like, yep, they know what they're doing. They're going for this. <laughs> That's true. Definitely, yeah. Definitely have those moments sometimes where, I'm, you know, I will look into my phone and I'm like, what are they trying to what are they trying to pull off here? What what is their strategy? And I'm just like as I kill them, I'm thinking, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I haven't figured it out as they're dying, you know. Maybe they'll figure it out in the next year or something like that. But yeah, it, it's it's always fun to watch it or to play these type of tournaments. Definitely it was a fun event. I wanna see them do more congratulations to Hapa, but also i mean congratulations to all the participants right that made it to day two right they all got a little bit of the prize pool so congratulations to them right we haven't really talked about show or tyler sun glitters we talked about nina a little bit or simi and team america right but they all made it to the second day right so they beat they beat you know eight other people essentially to make it there right show did pretty well right tyler was right behind show as well right in the final game i believe if, if tyler won uh, that that uh, that round over uh, Hapa, he would have taken the second place, right? So it was neck to neck uh, between Show and Tyler at the very end. So uh, they performed very very well. Also, you have to give credit to Sunglitters. I believe her first three games were all eighth place. So yeah, she pulled it back. Yeah, so she really like was able to recover the mental tilt. If I started eight three times in a row. I, I, you know, boom, I, <laughs> it would be tough for me to recover from there. So I definitely got to give credit to, to Sun for being able to recover and just like wipe off the tears. You know, they definitely were some and just keep pushing. So yeah, Nina had a great consistent performance, just uh, being consistent in our game plan, forcing a lot of taunts, uh, regardless of, uh, uh, you know, what was given, right? Taunt being very flexible and that was able to, the force, you know, Sadie Bunny right here with me, you know, doing the best he can. A little bit unlucky and some of the streaks. Simi right there behind, right? 15 you, games, no Jandas, guys. Yeah, rigged. Rigged, exactly. Didn't get Oh, the man, just give me like two or three Jandas games. Yeah. Uh, and you can see how close uh, at least the bottom of the standings were, right? Like, it was one point between four players. Like, that's insane. Over 10 games. That's insane. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, actually, honestly, like fourth till eighth is roughly the same, right? It, yeah, it, it, it 45 is. 45 to 41. That's, that's the spread. <laughs> so it's super close. Yeah. So you just got to like, you got to realize how competitive this tournament was, how close it was, uh, uh, you know, in, in the, in the, even in the last stage of the game. So just a very well run tournament. Very, very well done. Congratulations to all the players and, and, and things like that. Can't wait to see more. So just wanted to, you know, get that off my chest. I'd love, you know, love participating in it. <laughs> uh, anyways, that's, that's, that'll be it for us in the tournament. Don't forget to watch if you haven't. A lot of fun uh, stuff going on over there. Next thing we shall be talking about, we shall be talking about some of the cards. Right now, this card on our topic will be Champion of Yashirash. So I wanted to address this card because I saw this card so much over the tournament. And it surprised me personally how often i saw this card i saw it way more than i thought and i gotta say i also underestimated this card when it got the buff when it got the two attack buff i was thinking oh I, this isn't gonna do anything at all i'm not gonna see this card it's two attack i mean two two health two attack useless <laughs> i was very wrong here this card is 
ever since that change and ever since the prevalence of taunting everything with divine shields you see a lot of this card and it's just been uh pretty powerful and i pick it up now even even when i thought i wouldn't and i was like and i'm surprised how well it performs you you pick one you pick two right at the end of the game you have like 30 30 40 40 50 50s even especially if it's golden and just like just it was just small investment at the time but it ends up being like uh even the um the pillar of your composition sometimes so yeah, it's one of those cards where you see it early and you have a taunt on the board that's pretty much a no-brainer you just snap it it's just you know so likely that it's getting at the very minimum plus two plus two right that yeah. round so then you have to you can compare it i suppose to a gold grubber that is pretty much um not really self-sufficient because it needs taunts but it's so the condition for it is so much easier than a grubber which requires your uh, board to be golden right now you can just pick any taunt minion you can pick argus and the cool thing about this card is once you know let's say it's around the 20 health region you slap an argus on it and now it's buffing itself every time it gets attacked right so you put it at the end of your taunts and then once you know like if you don't get unlucky and it gets sniped from the get-go by a poison minion or so you've got a lot of extra stats there's a a lot of the endings of fights is tokens that are just running into yeah, it i wanted like, to oh, mention plus that one, plus one. oh what's uh... one plus one just watch those tokens run into the champion that has taunt now yeah, uh, the, I I did want to mention that like once it gets big enough, a lot of people start having tokens with amalgadons and stuff like that. Uh, when you're playing against mechs as well, right? People have menace and and things, and you can just get so much extra stats in the in the game, right? I remember counting, right? You have one, and I was looking at it, it's giving you eight plus eight plus eight, and then I was looking at the next battle, it was like plus twelve plus twelve and things like that and you're just looking at this and like this this goes faster than the minions i'm spending resources buffing and you're just like yeah this is this is gonna be a good card right uh i think the the issue especially when it was at two or two is just like the initial um investment was a little too painful when it was at two plus two right the first turn it might be a four four or five five or something and and you're just taking damage right once you're starting at a four four it actually did make a bit of a difference right starting with a like a six six or a seven seven for four mana it's pretty good right it can it can deal with things like high main and and not die in one shot so uh, I, I was surprised how big of a change it's the two stats, as well as just like Tonkop becoming more prevalent as well, just like making it easier to uh, invest in this and knowing that, oh, I can, I won't instantly die, right? I think uh, when it came out, a lot of people weren't uh, experienced and stuff with doing uh, full boards of taunts. So they played it and then it wasn't, it wasn't uh, um, clean or so, so they would take a bit it of extra damage. Refined. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't refined. And they would take a bit of extra damage and they would do bad with it. They have a couple of bad experiences and you're like, I'm not playing Taunt anymore. But nowadays people are, know a little bit more what they're trying to do. It's a little bit cleaner. So they play it, they have the taunts, they wait a little bit and then they taunt this up itself and then uh, they have a pretty good minion that can uh, last for uh, the rest of the game. So yeah. It's just an excellent minion to golden. Some minions are like, eh, get a golden, get a not golden. It's not like a huge, huge deal. This one is so good when you golden it. There, there was a free up the board space. There well. was a game in the tournament where Nina was playing Reno, 
and I was wondering, and she ended up golding the champion. I was just like, that is such an interesting play that I, <laughs> I don't think a lot of people would do unless they were well versed in playing Tonk Cup, right? She was able to make that composition work, right? Where a lot of people are looking for like those directional units, right? Ran and Light Fang and stuff. She, she golden champion of Yasuo, and that was strong enough to, to, to get her into the top, uh, the top uh, parts of the game. So it's just like, huh. That's a strategy you can do, right? A little target for Reno if you're if you're um, confident in that composition. So, uh, good unit, you know. That's all. Another one is if you get um, the Harbinger. Yeah, Harbinger. If you are playing Reno and you are, you know, let's say you're pair gaming and you're trying to get the brand, you're trying to get the lights bang. You either a don't find the triples, but you see a Harbinger in the shop, you can just pick it up, zap it, or b you find the triple, but it's like. It gives me a dot dot dot, you know, just some insignificant five drop where you're like, well, I don't want to go on this. Then Harbinger is just an excellent choice where suddenly you're going to be winning a lot of fights and you can either force Tom Comp or you can just be strong and level to five and find, you know, the Light Fanging brand on your own. There was another game where someone else was reading and they hear fired during the tournament. So. Yeah, for sure. But I think in tournament play, that's good. Because you just you you just look at that and it's like there is just no way I'm not going top four if I'm just slamming a golden harbinger here, I and don't. the amount of damage I'm going to deal to people I'm going to accelerate this game like crazy. Sure, I'm probably not taking first because someone is going to do like a double caligos or whatnot move, but the lobby's going to speed up and I'm going to have the perfect comp for a fast game. You know, I'll just go tempo, 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 tempo. Yeah. I, th I think they ended up not getting top four, but I think the issue was that they were in desperation mode. So they had sure, single yeah. digit HP when they hero But was already, you know, like very close to sinking. You're like, yeah, save the Harbinger. Yeah. Sure, so sure, sure. If, it's uh, not like you pop an early Harbinger. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I, I If they did that. it I was earlier. like, how do you not top four? But yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're on five health and you don't have taunts on your board, <laughs> probably not going to do too much. Yeah. Uh, if it was done earlier, I think they would have top for it. But since it was kind of done as desperation, they were like, oh, I might die this turn. I'm going to hero power it. Right. Then, sure, sure. then it wasn't able to recover. Uh, or... I, guess, I guess that's a thing where um, I think I do that in my latter games more now is it's not because you can get away with something that you should do it because like, first of all, you don't always get away with it. And the other one is, well, maybe if I just get this golden harbinger early, it's just good right uh i don't know it's it's hard to put it into words this feeling but right now i feel like i'm doing pretty well on the ladder and a lot of it is just i'm just going to assume that i need to be as strong as possible and not think of oh but like in three turns time i could maybe do this and i could save a gold here it's just like a lot of the turns i just respect my opponent and just say okay i'm gonna be strong enough now some cases of course if you're high rolling, you know, let's say at a game earlier where I was Lich King and I had a triple in the shop ready, I think I did it in a tournament as well for my you know, second to last game or so. Yeah, I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to level to five and I'm going to take my triple. I'm not going to respect my opponent. I'm going to see if I can get a gold win and then try to take the whole lobby with uh, Lich King gold win, which and is then, really good. And then I'm going to get five macaws two turns later, right? That's oh, the dude, <laughs> I, I My gold was so perfect that game as well. Sorry to deviate again for all the topic, but my gold was so perfect. The I think two turns in a row I ended on just like roll and then like faces macaw and I like copy the macaw, buy the macaw, sell like perfect gold. And then the other one is like, oh, two macaws, cool, keep them coming. 
Hey, so yeah, I, that was that I, was a crazy. That, I, that was actually a really fun game because I was uh, dead last, I believe. Yeah. Position. So two more two more rounds in the tournament, and I'm just sitting here like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm not gonna play conservative. So I slammed Lich King, and I told my chap, we're getting Goldrin or we're getting eighth. <laughs> so I was like. <laughs> Take the pairs, go hard, level, triple, like, yes, Goldrin, let's go. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a fun game to watch, at least from my perspective. I was like, oh, he did it. I, I it was I was like, okay, he got the Goldrin, but now he needs Varen, he needs Macaw, right? Then we we move away from you, right? Then someone ends up fighting you, and then you just have more than five Macaws. I'm just like, when did this happen? <laughs> We just watched Shady two turns ago. How did he get five more cards? But yeah, you're gonna pull it off there. So it, it, it was a fun. It was a fun one. Ah, uh, yeah. But yeah, that, this is. Um, we just talked about champion. I think it's um, yep, yep, yep. a good unit, yeah, we, very prevalent now with Taunt Comp. I there was a couple games in the tournament where the the uh, one of the players had like one or two taunts, no no Taunt Comp synergy, but had two champions. And that ended up being their biggest minion. Just using the two champions to kind of scale with like some type of uh, menagerie composition. It was like so fascinating because you don't normally or you don't normally expect that card to be in there. But because they had so much experience with the card and they were like, oh, I can get away with, with just having two taunts and two champions. That's good enough. It ended up doing really well for them. So I, 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 was, I was just fascinated by some of the play yeah. that we were yeah, seeing. If you say have a brand and you have a big mech taunt and then you know any other taunt like a demon taunt or whatnot yeah that's brand plus three types for your jug that's four units plus two champions plus a buff slot there you go right that's yeah. a comp it, it if you it, get the champions early you can totally do that it was actually amazing but yeah good cards try it in your games especially if you want to practice taunt comp and things like that the hero we shall be talking about uh this week is secret guy or if you want the technical name Secret guy, so uh, you know it's fun, fun yeah, little hero. I'm pretty sure the technical name is Scam Guy. Scam Guy, yeah, I should have said that. That was a better joke. Right. <laughs> Let's go back. You know, uh, Secret Guy, technical name Scam Guy. Actually, the great Akazam Serac. That's what people begrudgingly tell me. But yeah, uh, I think this is an interesting hero. Um, polarizing as well with his change right now. Uh, he got changed where you can only get the ice block once per game. So. Uh, gone are the days where you get ice block right someone kills does kills you you fight the dead guy you beat the dead guy you hero power you get ice block again and then someone kills you again and then now you've skilled enough and then you kill the opponent and you win the games those are gone now you just have to you know get ice block and then kill him in the turn after and you know, a little bit more work you have to like yeah I buy think two cad guys or something <laughs> But yeah, um, I do think one of it, my favorites. Yeah, sure. I do think it is an interesting, uh, like a good change, right? I, I think I don't think the ice block span was healthy for the hero, and just made everything like feel really bad when you beat this guy, and then he comes back with another ice block. It it, it wasn't healthy. I like the change. I think it made sense. Um, competitor spirit was also something they added. Uh, technically recently right it wasn't there before so it gives some early game right there's some people that like um uh, staying a little lower level and just getting competitive spirit and buffing all your minions. some people don't like doing that maybe you like leveling 
early and then using the hero power for ice block or for splitting every that kind of thing so uh there are definitely different ways of playing this hero um i was talking with uh, nicolino on the cast and she more likes doing the competitive spirit low, lower leveling kind of stuff i kind of like that too as well as um uh if the um if the minion start is good especially if you start like demons and things like that or or a micro machine and, and and those units right but she also did she message in like the um not using your hero power right why are you picking this hero if you're not going to use it until like the late game where it, it um you know it's a little bit more hit and miss uh where you're not guaranteed getting a nice block and things like that but uh that's generally my standard to play this hero right? i don't necessarily use the power early unless i get a good start with the minions with like like i said earlier demons and mechs and things like that so yeah um there's definitely some deliberation on what the preferred style or what uh should be done but i i think i like heroes like that where people can discuss different strategies oh i like doing this i like doing that and not not be fully confident but this is 100 percent the only way to do it and and have these interesting discussions so uh, we saw a lot of it over the tournament. Uh, sometimes it did well, sometimes it didn't do so well, right? There were a couple of games where people didn't even hit Ice Block at all before they died, so those felt really bad for the players in, in those situations. But it was an okay hero. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on it since you played it and did both, you know, had both ends of the spectrum there. Yeah, so I I really love this guy. I think he's really strong. I'll I'll just start with um because we, we covered two different ways of playing him. One is the normal curve, right? Where you will buy on three gold and then four gold you level, five gold. Hopefully you have a token, you sell the token, you buy two things, and you play play him the normal way, which is you know, like on seven gold, I'm gonna level and I'm gonna buy. And it is true that you're not really hero power spamming it. My counter argument to that would be because I do prefer the curve where you are not reform curving, where you're hero powering a lot is that a lot of the time, your best case scenario is, oh, I hit competitive, I hit competitive, I hit competitive. But so often, you're buffing minions, you're selling so soon after, right? So I guess a trap you can fall into is like, wow, I've got a bunch of tokens. This is great. I've got a wide board. I'm buffing them. They're strong. I have a big Murloc token. What, what do I do with this? I guess you, know, oh, just, you, know, you arrive on tier four and just like, uh, I have a 4-4 four, four type hunter token thingy and it just doesn't end up doing much so the way i play scam guy secret guy or i can't even pronounce his real name Akazam uh, sure sure that one i do reform curve when um two things happen the first one is i do not hit a token because if you not hit a token the conventional curve is a lot less appealing as you are selling your starter unit to buy two more units so if you do not hit a token i think for me that's the first check light okay did not hit a token second one is do i start with a minion that i want to buff my favorite minion to play on this one by far is micro money i knew it uh, oh, why not did... give Wrathweaver some love here you give yeah so this is why this is why this is why so it all ties in together right so micro mummy is a mech first of all the second of all if you have two micro mummies it's a great pair they buff each other and they make great use of the competitive because they start out as a one two so you can turn them then into two threes they buff each other they're three threes and all that so suddenly you have great units to buff but the last argument for Micro Mummy is when you triple them, <laughs> they already have a decent chunk of damage through the competitives and through them buffing each other. 
and you can slap an Anoyo module on it. An Anoyo module is an insane card for this guy. And I'll explain why. We haven't mentioned this strategy at all. So far, yeah, no, you, just, you, you I mean, will. I feel like I need to explain <laughs> everything to tie it together as to why I like it so much. Um, splitting image is the best secret on this one if you don't count ice block. And you can only get ice block one time. So that is my opinion, of course. Right? Someone might like you know, auto defense matrix more or whatnot. But splitting image means that you just make a copy of your minion. And there are so many ways to be so cheesy with this, where if your only taunt is a big divine shield mech taunt, getting two of those is a really good hero power. And it's very easy to guarantee that if you have no other taunts on the board and you have a sixth slot. This is something that I see a lot of people do wrong or they're just not aware that you can do that. But the moment you roll your splitting image, you can just sell your weakest minion and guaranteed get the split on the taunt while it still has Divine Shield. Because uh, the argument sometimes is, oh, why sell a minion? It'll split something anyway. Yeah, but you'd much rather split that taunt when it's healthy and okay. still got Divine Shield. Yeah, I so wanted to mention why... Um... Why sell the minion? What is the reason, right? Like if you're just like listening, right. absolutely. Well, I mean, if you have splitting image, it means you're gonna make a copy of the minion. If you have a full board, the minion's got nowhere to go, so it's not going to proc until something has died. Now, that something could be your taunt, which is some of the thing your opponents are gonna be attacking into, or it's going to be something that you've put at the front. But by the time there is board space to spawn, your taunt is gonna be damaged, or at the very least, have lost its divine shield. So that's why you want to sell a unit and play with six units on the board if you have splitting image and a really good taunt minion to copy on Secret Kai. So super, super consistent in that regard. I'm not sure exactly what the math is on the secret, but it feels like you get it plenty. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like 40% or so. I'd have to look at the numbers, but it feels around that uh, percentage. And the micro mummy just sets that up perfectly where, oh, I have a mech. It's got a lot of attack already. Excellent. I hit one module, and your game plan is sort of set. And you can supplement that with Arm of the Empire. So your taunt is now farming a lot of attack for when you want to split it. You can supplement that with Deflectos. That's probably the best mid-game composition you can play for this guy. Two Deflectos, a big micro mummy, and it's so good because you split the micro mummy, you make more micro mummies, your deflectos are guaranteed to reset. They're guaranteed to not get sniped the shield at the beginning because you have that taunt. And then your whole game plan is just stay on tier four, buy metal tooth leapers, buff your board. And if you want to get real fancy, this is the end game gambit, if you want to call it like that, you can play Khadgar. So let's say that you have you know, a 30 attack divine shield micro mummy, but then the rest of your board isn't so fancy. You can sell off multiple minions and make more board spaces and play Cadgar because Cadgar interacts with splitting image. So if you now have two empty board spaces and one Cadgar on your board, you're going to summon two extra large taunts. If you want to get really fancy, <laughs> you can play two Cadgars and sell the rest of your board. And now you have five of those big taunts. It's, yeah, it gets really silly. They're, they're so good. Like, I'm not even sure. Like, I think it's, yeah, I think it's two Cadgars, one big top, and then phew, the board just fills up. It's it's yeah. very fun. Yeah, you'll, you'll get four copies if you have two Cadgars. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So you, you, the, you can just scan, because my my uh, my general game plan 
with, you know, I call him scam guy for this reason is I play tier four mech. And then if I'm in a decent position, you know, I can try to just normally win the game where I say, okay, I have two big deflectos. I've got multiple tons, but they're all good splits. You know, this will happen sometimes where you buy an egg, you golden the egg, you hit a module, you're like, okay, sure, I'll put the module on the egg. And then, you know, you've got a big micro mummy, you've got a big egg, you've got a big egg, and, you know, it doesn't matter too much whether you're splitting the egg or the module. In those kind of games, you're never selling everything for two Cadgars, and you're probably not going to have enough board space for even the single Cadgar play. You could, right, depending on the rest you have and depending on how big your opponent's minions are. But there's a good chance that you can just straight up win by having big deflectos, copy the taunt from time to time, and then just uh, resets, 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 right? Because usually you'll have your taunts roughly in the middle, which is a little weird for Cleave, so you have to watch out for that. But then you put more resets behind the taunts so that once the taunts are dead, they can miss into your deflecto, and then your resets on the back of the board are going to give those shields back again. So you get so much extra value if you don't um, throw your resets that are not taunted too early. That's a common mistake. Well, not really a mistake because cleave is a thing, of course. But you can guaranteed miss your resets, or you can maybe get cleaved. You can look at it that way. Yes. So that's a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, bring up my, you know, we talk about Hogger, we talk about this guy. I play a ton of these, so I got to share. I got to share. Yeah, but generally, interesting hero has multiple ways of playing him. Uh, Endgame has different strategies, whether you just stick to playing it normal, trying to use splitting image, uh, normally you get a copy, or abusing splitting image with Cadgar to get multiple copies of the same big unit, things like that. I also like some of the other secrets. Redemption, I think, uh, has some value, especially if, you, if you're going beast, right? Putting uh, Goldrin at the front, putting Spawn if you have uh, Barons and stuff like that. That has a lot of value. Uh, and also the Venom Strike, I think, can be really nice, especially if you're playing against like a big elemental composition, right? You don't have any poisons, right? Sometimes that Venom Strike could be the, the difference between winning and losing. So uh, Splitting Image isn't the only secret that has like real value in the late game. The, the, the amount of secrets and the variety of secrets are actually pretty decent, uh, even if you don't get that one. So I, I think there's a lot of value uh, especially in the early game with competitive, in the mid game with ice block, in the late game with splitting and and whatnot, uh, that really pushes this hero over the edge. Some people don't like um, the ice block nerf, right? Not not being able to just cheese all the way to you know top two. You actually have to play the game now. <laughs> yeah, some people don't like that. I definitely liked. Uh, some some games I would pick this hero, especially early on. I I used to love this hero early, and a lot of people didn't like this hero early. But I really uh, could see the potential of just cheesing with ice block. And as long as you were like playing the game normally, you didn't you didn't need to use ice block at all, right? So it was just a big safety net. A lot of people started figuring that out and just like finding ways to use all the other secrets as well. So uh, I think it's a good hero. Um, it it's a little bit less guaranteed than before right you're not guaranteed top four right you can definitely lose your ice block early and then just lose or you're not using your um your hero power effectively right as shady is saying sometimes you're using competitive and then 
you'll you'll get a bunch of competitors and then you'll figure you'll throw all your competitive buff units away right so you that's like you're throwing away all of that extra hero power value so um as long as you're keeping that you know your um your play you have a game plan with your plays right even if you're getting competitive you're making sure you're keeping at least some of the minions so you're keeping some of the value and things like that so you don't like go from super strong to super weak trying to find a uh, a more clean composition and things like that i think there's a lot of potential with the hero so i like that i wanted to talk about it since we saw it over the tournament and it was pretty hit or miss for some people so uh shady likes it you know he he finds a lot of value he was also one of the players to do well with the hero a lot of people tried him during the tournament but not a lot of people found success so i definitely wanted to speak of one of those who did uh, well, I also bought him that one game because <laughs> I, I can't even remember what went wrong with uh, I didn't do great with him one game. But yeah, I think I had two really good games with him. Like yeah. one in the qualifiers. Hit or miss, you know, as a would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes this hero is still the pick when mechs are out, and I definitely feel a lot less confident. It feels when mechs are out, it's just, well, I hope my shops are good because my hero power is not going to do that much. I hope that my ice block is enough to get me to top four, and I pray that I just hit the brand or hit the light fan because camping on tier four when mechs are out is a lot less valuable. So you kind of need to play with the rest of the lobby where you're trying to hit a tech unit and do some kind of scaling, right? Uh, because even taunt comp is quite heavily impaired, I would say, when an oil module is out and you're not um, you're not taunting up deflecto bots or anything like that. You pretty specifically have to hit. The other divine shield units plus an argus plus an arm to do taunt comp with mechs are out well if mechs are out and demons are in huh uh shady just get wrath fever let's go we'll do that kind of thing he doesn't <laughs> yeah. want to do that for sure you say you say wrath fever i say i just go full juggler comp with this guy right i've done that earlier today when mechs are out i just juggle it up <sighs> sure that also works there are well, different I mean, ways of playing. it's more specific because yeah if you don't hit juggler you're not juggling right so juggler is a little you know the, the other mech stuff is a lot less specific because you don't need need deflecto, you don't need need egg, you just need to find one module at some point, right? And you can do the mech splitting image strategy. For jugglers, is like, well, specifically juggler. If you don't hit jugglers, no juggler comp, of course. Yeah. So interesting hero. Yeah. We got a lot to talk about still. Um, next topic, I think is kind of a quick topic, but something I wanted to mention, especially with the tournament over that would be playing with lag slash. You can add like FPS issues and stuff like that. I want to mention that like earlier on, like, um, when I first started streaming, I, I didn't have a, like a really good PC nowadays I do. Right. And this is, this is kind of a, a topic that I think if you're a streamer and stuff, you don't really notice it too much, but sometimes I'll be playing with like you know, regular, you non-streamer folks and just watching them play Battlegrounds and just looking at them and being like, wow, there is a lot of things you actually can't do with your setup, with your PC. There are comps that I, I, I play daily that if you tried to do, <laughs> you would just get stuck because your PC cannot handle it, right? It's just like those small things, especially playing on a different region and stuff like that. The, the tournament we had was in NA, right? So all the EU people kind of had... Uh, a small like disadvantage in that they were having uh lag issues from time to time where you know the na people were like ah not an issue right no no issues like that but um there are there are some things you just want to keep in mind when uh you're you know maybe you're watching other people play and you're looking at their compositions you're seeing them do this apm stuff you're like, and you're like how are they doing that right 
and 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 whatnot um it, it might just be due to maybe they have a better computer so that their gpu runs faster or the, their internet is a little bit more smoother so they're they're not having little lag spikes so i was watching someone they it said five seconds left right but they tried to move and it was done right in 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 the server settings the time was over but they were looking at it they had five seconds left so those things do happen i think you just have to be more um deliver it with your moves right you got to do things early you watch b play sometimes and there'll be like 10 seconds left and i'll do my whole turn like and it's just like how how <laughs> you can't do that <laughs> if, if, if it takes you a minute per movement right it just doesn't work so you uh and, and there are a couple compositions right which really rely on uh playing a lot of things uh at time elementals gotta play especially with the elemental animation when you're rolling right if you have a gnome on the board right that it it will slow um your rolls and your animations down with all the gnome buffs um demons i mean not de well not well sometimes you're playing like juggler things with uh, like things with a lot of um battle animations right so that's scam comp and stuff like that pirate scam uh not poison scam but pirate scam right you'll have people even myself right we'll do the whole pirate scam and then i'll have 10 seconds left right if you're if your computer is a little worse you won't have any time so you'll just skip the whole you'll skip the whole battle uh just because the animations take too long so it's a lot harder to do those kind of things um things with a lot of um gold income so that's usually pirates as well right if you're playing a like double hog or golden hog or it's so tough to to roll by by roll bro by roll by roll by it's like how are you gonna do it uh with, with the time you have left and if you're not um utilizing disconnect uh stuff right some people just don't want to do it right they don't want to uh relog every turn or things like that you know i'd raise my hand <laughs> but i can get away with that but yeah th that also makes it tougher right you have to be more selective and just like if you don't know what composition you're running right it, it's hard to do all your turns in it quickly right because you every role is a decision point right every meaning you see it's a decision point right and that can slow you down mentally where you're you're changing directions on the fly trying to figure out something that works for your your board position in this game so um those are like those small things when you're playing with lag uh, that you have to keep in mind just make sure uh, you have a game plan and you're not taking your whole turn just thinking about the game plan that you're actually doing moves you're making plays while you're while that time is ticking down so you don't get surprised by the time left or you're surprised that things aren't moving um as fast as you want right i think this like people get used to it right um after they play for a while right you get used to having you know two second or one second delays uh and then you're like, okay, this is how I play, right? And then if you play like on a different computer or you play somewhere else, you're like, oh my God, is this actually how the game is supposed to be run? And you're like, whoa. Yeah, but um, just be aware of those like small improvements and those small adjustments you can make in your game plan just to deal with lags, especially if you're playing on different regions and such. That was a good explanation. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to mention it, yeah. No, for sure. It's I, I do agree uh, for me. It's more I think it's sad when, uh, you know, you're being held back just by the equipment, right? If, if your computer is too slow, but a lot of it is just making the, the right big decisions and those those flashy small plays at the end, those usually don't yield that much benefit. 
Yeah, but that's the things I care about. <laughs> Anytime sure. we're playing, it's fun. It's yeah. fun. It's cool. I love them too, right? I mean, I love AB Empire, so I mean, I love I love doing stuff on the rope. Uh, it's just I I practiced. Um, my daughter's saying hi. So. Hello. <laughs> I uh, I practiced on NA for two weeks before the tournament, and you know the first three games I was saying this is unplayable, and then a week after, it's not like I was not noticing it anymore but and this is maybe a tip for anyone that's that's also playing in a different region it's start, like i started to lean into the lag if that makes sense where before i was trying to do the actions at the same speed i would do on europe which is not really instant instant but i can sort i can almost queue up actions where like all right sell this one buy this one do this one buy this one and on an a it was more like buy it small pause sell it small pause buy from the shop small pause and then those mouse movements aren't wasted, where if you try to brute force it, the game isn't going to register your input. You're going to have to remove your mouse back to where the game didn't register your input, do it all over again, and you're going to be a lot slower, and it's going to be a lot more frustrating. So I guess that's that's my advice, is just lean a bit into it and be like, do an action, give it a small second, do an action, give it a small second, instead of just brute forcing it and uh, having to redo it, everything. How does it feel to like go back to to EU? By the way, after playing for NA, oh, the weights are off. Man. I'm doing everything now. <laughs> play, 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 play. So it's it's cool. Yeah, definitely it, made some plays that I wouldn't have been able to make on NA before. Yeah, it it it, it de it's definitely noticeable, right? Like you do say, oh yeah, I, I do notice it. This isn't an excuse that people just say, oh my lag. It's like no, for sure. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but you can get. <laughs> not really completely around it but for the most part around it you know i i won a game on an a where i had hoggers and i wasn't allowed to dc because i was practicing for the tournament so that's already a pretty big uh, handicap but a lot of it is just well okay you know i'm going to put plus 20 plus 20 on my minions this turn instead of plus 30 plus 30 and that sucks but it's but still good enough it's still pretty good yeah it's still pretty good <laughs> so you know the moment you have it, it also means that you're gonna see like well some buffs are worth buying, some buffs are not. Whereas if I were playing on a U, I would buy every single pirate every time. Let's go. Because if you have a salty looter, why not? Free stats. Let's let's keep it going. Whereas if you're playing on an A and you have enough gold and you don't need that refill from the pirates yet, you know, maybe just buy the jug and then roll and then buy pirates next turn to refill the money. Because the animation is just not worth uh, the plus one plus one on the salty there. You know what this reminds me of? So I used to play League back in the day, just playing yes, some yes. ranked. Right? I played on like a, a really bad laptop. I believe my FPS was like averaging 20 something average. But then anytime we'd go into big team fights, it would drop down to single digit FPS. And I was, it was, it was, it, it was a fight. <laughs> I'm so glad I played characters that I just had to alt and, you know, walk away <laughs> or something. That was, that was my job. And uh, I, I, you know, I made it work. It was tough. And I remember when I, my computer got better, I was like, oh, is this how the game actually works? Like, what, what is going on, right? The weights are off, right? I could do so much more. But, I, you know, I was still able to manage. It was just, it was just difficult. And then you get used to it. And then, you know, I remember people watching me play, like, if, and not, not, not streaming, but just like 
behind me and they're like what's going on and i'm like oh i'm doing this I'm losing, I, I can't even see anything yeah you just have to make sure that you target this one you know this opponent here and then the rest will just you know it'll it'll, it'll work out <laughs> they're just like how can you play like this <laughs> but you know i was winning games you know whatever it works <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of the same thing right you get used to the lag and you you make adjustments with it right you don't you don't give up because oh you're lagging and stuff like that so just wanted to have a little uh discussion for the people with like you know worse setups or you know maybe not as high trained right like i was talking with this with shady earlier and it's just like streamers don't really have to deal with this as much right because we're all set up we're all connected to the internet things like that but a lot of the viewers and stuff like that they their setups aren't as good and they they have to struggle with these kind of things so i just wanted to mention like little tips and tricks that you can do to uh make it feel not as bad and and also there's things you can do you can like change your computer settings and whatnot if it becomes really bad so it's not like hopeless but it does it does exist <sighs> anyways the next topic i wanted to skip this one and just talk about two drop units but then i was like that feels a little bad you know they've been performing well they they deserve having you know a little section about them and we can talk about you know other tier units later on right? it's not like you know, this is the only episode we're talking about this, right? We'll just maybe mention two jobs units on a different week. But I just wanted to talk about um like standout minion tier units for for this, right? Maybe not all of them, but just like units that you want to take a look at, right? Like I was considering, you know, skipping you know, tier one because it's it's pretty obvious, <laughs> I think. Uh what's what uh what is the the units that people look for when they look for tier one units? I have them on the screen, right? It's the tokens and whatnot. But there's more units than that. I, I think um Chetty had a good example with micro machine where if you start with that, you're playing uh more Microwave. of a reform curve. Uh you know, definitely one of the more premium units to be looking at. Um and, and I think that's probably maybe my most underrated one drop unit, uh personally. Just like every time I have a pair of this at the in the beginning i feel pretty good like you know if i'm playing Ryav or or Rafam or, or even um millhouse or something i start with that i'm like yeah, okay you know i could do something with this right i mean obviously if i start with like two tokens or three elementals, maybe <laughs> i would be a little bit happier but i i do want to give credit it's not just tokens but tokens are usually the uh the one hogging all the credit because they're so ubiquitous and so uh prevalent when people are playing in the early game yeah, I just want to make sure we're talking about Micro Mummy right now. Micro sure Mummy, yes. Micro Mummy. It's the um, same card chat. <laughs> yeah, plus one attack, right? Who yeah. Cares where it goes? Yeah. So the um, the the ones on the screen, they're obviously great, right? Murloc Tidehunter, Elemental. Then you have Alley Cat, which is the third token, which feels bad to buy because it's just like, huh. Do I take minus five HP in a token or not? Right. You don't always lose the health, right? Sometimes they have a tide enter, sometimes they have a elemental, but you're much more likely to lose the health than whether you have a Murloc Tide Hunter. Um, so are you saying yeah, that then, um you know there is tiers to the token minions? Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, here? I would say I would say you've got Murloc Tide Hunter as the sort of almost, I guess, undisputed king where I can deal three damage 
and I can sell the 1-1 one, one later on. So I'm going to tie a ton of minions. I'm going to tie with Acolyte, which is another premium one drop. Acolyte of Cthulhu, the 2-3 Reborn. Murloc Tidehunter is going to tie that. It's going to tie any 2-3. It's going to tie any other token, right? So just premium, premium start. Then sell a mental. While it has similar combat as the Alley Cats, um, it will still beat Micro Mummy, which is a big step up. And when you sell it, you're left with a 2-2 instead of a 1-1. So I'd say that the hierarchy there is like you've got the Tidehunter, then you've got the Salamental, then you've got the Alley Cat in order of preference. But you will probably still take a token over anything else if you are playing a normal hero that wants to level on turn two and then sell a unit and buy two on turn three. Because that's just, you know, even if it's only a cat, it's still one extra gold. You can use that one extra gold later on. Yeah, that's definitely true. There, there's just having a token star for most heroes is just such an advantage compared to not having a token star. Just being able to get two, um, two two drops most of the time, and still have an extra gold to utilize later on, or synergize with spawns and things like that. This gives you a lot of value as well as tokens. Just uh, being one of the easier things to triple in the game since they're tier one and they're very popular you just pick up tokens randomly and then you'll get like a murloc tidehunter token i told murloc tidehunter even has even more credit since it's synergized with murlocs but let's say you see like the the two cost murloc right you can just sell sometimes you just buy that murloc and keep the three one uh token instead of like buying a random one one drop in the shop so and then you can like go from there if you want to force a murloc combo. So there's there's a there's a bit of value in murlocs. Another thing with token triples, right, is usually with the the tokens that summon other tokens, right? You have Cadgar synergy, and then you have Gold Grubber synergy as well that you don't really get, right? If you triple the the murloc tidehunter into a Gold Grubber, you're getting double the value, where you you don't you don't really see that with some of the other heroes. Same thing with Cadgar, right? You have one. Uh, token and the Cadgar, bam, you have the triple already, right? So it you only require two copies of that minion to get a triple instead of three copies. So there's a lot of like little things with tokens that just make it so powerful in this game. So uh, definitely the king, right? In terms of one drops, where uh, if you start with a token with most heroes, right? You start with a tile and you pretty much pick it up. And unless you're going for, for some very specific plan or you have like double wrath weaver in the shop or or whatever you want to do it it's usually just uh the way to go i would say that any hero that would like to reform curve you know like reform Maev or secret guy we talked about i don't i think the tokens there are a bit overrated and collins yeah. and i might have a different opinion on it because i know collins likes to level a bit faster on reform if it's a lot of tokens but what I like to do if I'm playing Rafam or Maev is I just like to pick Acolyte of Cthulhu. I like to pick Micro Mummy. And then I want to be strong so that I win the fights that I would normally lose if I've got a bunch of tote. Because Rafam Curvers, a lot of the time, want to have pairs so you can triple later on. Mm-hmm. And if you have a pair of Alley Cats or you have a pair of Acolyte of Cthulhu, that is a massive difference in terms of power level, right? The Acolyte of Cthulhu are going to do way more work for you than the than Alley Cat pair. So. It allows you, because you, usually, you know, when you reform curve, you level on six gold. And that's sort of the first turn where you're like, hmm, okay, I've spent some gold leveling. I'm not just adding extra units. I could lose the fight here. 
And then the turn after that, it's just level for six gold. And then hero power, you're like, okay, I'm probably losing here. If you started with two Micro Mummies, two Acolyte of Cthulhu, it's super possible that you win both those rounds and you're still at full health. And then you go uh, straight to tier four and you're super healthy and you have some pairs. So oh. I, I value that more than the added flexibility the tokens give you. But for any hero, of course, that would like to level on turn two, you need that extra flex gold. So I, uh, I wouldn't pick the Acolyte or the Mummy. But those are sort of my two, I guess, um, noticeable strong one drops to mention uh whenever you f feel like you don't need the gold you can go for the power okay so you're saying there might be a different um hierarchy when it comes to heroes that have the ability of reform leveling right it's not just always take the token if you're playing yeah. like Maev or so or reform if we're talking about the very very first turn those tokens are still amazing because i do love the reform gamble where you sell your Selemental and Hero Power and steal something. But you don't, do you do Maiev. that with like Alley Cat and, and, and whatnot? No, Alley Cat That's... is pretty well. For, so Maev still does that, of course, right? Maev will still sell a token and then Hero Power or something. So for Maev, guaranteed. Rafam, pretty much just the Murloc or the Selemental. If you have the Alley Cat, you specifically would have to, you know, hit a Murloc Tidehunter for it to be worth. So that's a little bit too crazy. Um, but especially if, um, let's say you have Selementals and dragons slash murlocs are out suddenly there's no two three if demons are out there's no two four so you can hedge your bets a little bit where you know there's more chance that someone is going to have either a micro mummy or an acolyte of Cthulhu or any token minion that you can steal and there is very few things that feel better than starting with a elemental sell this elemental playing and someone with a elemental oh instant pair making bank is so good so you do do that with Murloc Tidehunter, right? is that what yeah. you're saying? Because okay. two damage is two damage. Whether it's a 2-2 two, two or a 2-1, all you need is the initial damage, right, to kill something. I think that's interesting because a lot of people kind of have it in their heads, oh, yeah, with Elemental, yeah, it makes sense, but not really with Tidehunter. So uh, that is a sub strategy you can Im uh, implement in your games, right? Try with Tidehunter. See if you like it. See if it doesn't work out for you, then never do it again, you know? Whatever. Yeah, blame the podcast. Send an angry email to... We'll, we'll mention that at the All end right, of the stream. Right, right, okay, right. fine. My uh, idea for a cool plug. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they will, well, maybe we'll talk about it earlier in other streams. But, you know, I want to I put the announcements at the end. You know, there's a format to these things. No, there isn't. <laughs> there's no sure, sure. order, order, fine. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I do think there is a point there. If you are playing Reform Curve, right, maybe tokens aren't necessarily the only thing you need, right? Because with Reform Curves, you want to be strong. You don't want to take a lot of damage, right? You see a lot of people playing uh uh my and stuff and they just have a bunch of like one one tokens and they're hyper leveling to like tier five and they still have like one ones on the board you're just like how are you gonna survive this uh even if you get like a good minion on on uh, on five or six you're still gonna take like 12 damage that turn because your other units aren't mitigating any damage for you so that that is something that you want to keep in mind if you are playing um a slower leveling hero right Tokens aren't necessarily going to be the only thing that you can do, right? Tokens, especially if you can triple them early or triple them, uh, guaranteed, right? Very powerful, right? If you have three elementals or 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 two elementals and a water droplet, right? You're you're happy, right? Regardless, because you know you can get the triple D one. But if you're if you're if you have a bunch of one one alley cats or more like uh, uh, tokens, 
even if you have a triple in your store or something like that, you're still going to be taking maybe 5, 10, you know, 15 extra damage that you might be able to mitigate if you started with like double micro mummy instead or, or, uh, or something like that. So it's just usually right and if you're playing standard right tokens are the best right and they, they still are the best even if you're not but you want to be looking at other uh powerful units early on if you are playing slower and relying on leveling in the mid to late game or mid into the mid game to get your power spike i i do want to mention that any thoughts on swabby we haven't mentioned swabby right we mentioned the tokens we haven't really mentioned swabby at all i think that is a pretty good unit to mention Right, right, right. So I guess before we go over Swabby, I'll, I'll throw an honorable mention as well to Rockpool. Uh, Rockpool okay. is also, yeah, yeah, if, specifically if you're making it a pair, it's a very good pair. Because you get a 3-4, you get a 3-4 and a 3-3, right? So that puts it a cut above the Dragon Spawn Lieutenant. That's just the 2-3. But talking about Swabby, so there's, there's a number of applications for a Swabby. So the standard move most people do when they hit a swabby is you're gonna buy it and then you're not gonna play it the very next turn because um or i guess you are gonna play the very next turn but you're gonna hold it in your hand for one turn you're gonna take some damage then you level up for four gold then you play the swabby and you might say why it doesn't really matter right i'm selling it next turn so what happens is first of all if the shop is bad you can just level for five gold and keep your swabby Whereas if you start with a regular minion or had you not held a swabby, you would have had to sell the swabby here to level to three. And sometimes the shop is so bad that it can be the correct play. And then it's nice to keep that extra gold. It's nice to keep that extra two, two. Let's say somebody else found a spawn. Now the spawn runs into your swabby. Hey, you take two less damage, right? Those little things can make the difference. The other one is, hey, I did find perfectly viable minions in my shop and i'm not very comfortable power leveling sure you don't have to do that you buy two good minions in the shop and then when you're at seven gold where your level would normally cost four so you level and buy now you can level roll and try to find a three drop so that's another small advantage that happens when you start with a swabby and definitely makes it worth to not play it on the very first turn there's also some specific hero specific things like omu Omu really wants to find a token, and Swabby is probably the best token for the very first turn because it will reduce your level cost to three, three out of four, two leftover gold carries over, and now you have three gold to buy an extra minion from the shop. Very clean, very cool. So if you ever have a start with Omu and there's a Selemental and a Swabby, you're not sure which one you should take, start with the Swabby because that's the one that immediately has value. You did it the other way around, right? You take the Salmental, you sell the Salmental, then you buy something, right? The next turn, it becomes a little bit No, awkward. you buy this. Wait, what are we talking if about? You, if you did it the other way, where you started with Salmental first, and then you got yeah, the Yeah, swabby, if you started with yeah, Sally, it would be awkward. Bad, yeah. uh, that's why he's suggesting you start with the Swabby then. Yeah, so you start with the Swabby, so that, because you don't need the level reduction the turn after, because the turn after on Omu, you have five gold and your play is to sell the Selemental and buy two things. Yeah. Whereas if you play the Swabby, then it gets weird. That curve is playable, but it's maybe a bit too complicated, right? So it's uh, it's much better to have the Selemental token for the next turn so you can sell and buy two things. All right. So any other, like, you know, no notable mentions or honorable mentions you want to give to any of the one drops? 
Uh, there's Refreshing Anomaly, there's Wrathweaver, there's Humunculus, you know, any of those jumping out, you want to mention a Scallywag, none, nothing. <laughs> they don't matter. <laughs> well, there's always, there's always specific cases, right? If there's two Wrathweavers in the shop, right, and you're going to reform curve, you'd be like, all right, well, I could try to just make a Golden Wrathweaver. But I feel like that card is a lot more investment. There's a lot more risk attached. What if I don't hit Demon? So it feels like I almost want a cannot fail kind of starter pack where I want the Demon there already because you know, <laughs> I don't hit it. Right? So I'll be very selective for that. Whereas Microwave, hey, I'll just take it. It works regardless. Acolyte of Katoon works regardless. It's a 2-2 Reborn no matter what. I do not need to hit you know, additional specific unit for it to work. Um, right. yeah, I mean, um, Swabby or sorry, Scallywag, probably one of the worst one reps I feel in terms really? of getting a pair, like it's totally fine to start with and then sell totally fine. Or if you are patches, of course you want to collect that. But if you are thinking, oh, I am going to collect a pair for a triple having to run to Scallywags on your board is so much worse than having to run to Acolytes or two Micro Mummies, or even in my experience, a good token pair, because at least you get the economic benefits from the token pair. Um, so that when you don't hit your triple, at least you made some money off it. If you keep a Scallywag pair on your board the whole time, you're just so much weaker. And then once you triple it, it's like, cool, a 4-2 that spawns a 2-2, two, two. nice. That, you know, that doesn't really do very much. So sometimes it's the only thing you got and it's what you have to buy. But I, I do try to avoid that particular pair because I don't really like what it does. I don't I don't think it's strong enough. You kind of need the captain to make it worth it if you yeah, can get yeah, the I mean, one. You, you know, that, that's a complete game changer, right? If you, if you have a captain. <laughs> I feel like I need scally, to mention it. Scally away. If you've got the captain, that's totally fine. But that's the same thing, you know, if you've got war leader, all your murlocs are better, et cetera. So. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, refreshing anomaly. I do want to mention if you're playing Millhouse, right? Uh, pretty good one drop you can pick up. So, uh, Millhouse's hero uh, rolls cause two. This one makes your roll cause zero for the next one. So, let's say you're gonna roll anyways. You buy this, right? You end up getting a gold. So you buy this for two, but your rolls cost zero instead of two. So you're getting two gold back. But then if you sell this, right, you're getting the one gold back. So, uh, it ends up making a. Uh, if you're gonna roll anyways, the ends up making your money. So it's a pretty effective card for Mahas in particular. So and especially if you don't like any of your minions, you could buy it and then see what the next roll is. And sometimes I do that as well. Yeah. Uh, I guess like another <laughs> very, very specific anomaly thing is if you play a hero that likes to power level, say you're playing Silas and mechs and dragons are in that's a specific thing i like to do because mechs and dragons make tier three better right you got your deflector you got your bronze herald and then the other support mechs and dragons the um the cool thing is you buy the anomaly then on five gold you sell the anomaly and you level and then that first shop on six gold is usually so do or die with like man if this is crap oof i'm so screwed having that free reroll banked means ooh, one good minion and i get a reroll to buy another good minion because a turn after that you're seven gold you get to buy one you get to roll you get to buy another or you get to buy two or you get to roll by two uh but that first shop on six gold your, your hands are tied usually you buy two there's no negotiating here you buy two and then having a free reroll that makes it a lot less painful if the shop is bad yeah another thing with milhas i guess i should mention is uh whelp has some value especially if you're going reform curve or you're going millhouse curve 
just because it's a minion that uh, has can have a lot of extra strength if you have synergy with it in the early game, right? Having four dragons in the shop, can, I mean, on your board with two webs can really uh, change the outcome of a match, right? Sniping some really powerful units at the beginning. So some people like picking up whelps. Another thing about whelp is it is a dragon, right? So if you do triple early and you get a Razor Gore, you get a Kelly Ghost, or you have that instant a synergy to just not have to worry about oh let me i need to buy or find dragons to synergize off of i can just start buffing my whelps and go from there so and i guess is it would be my final thing to look out for if you are if you like dragons i guess uh it is a unit that you can utilize to have some value. you like dragons yeah if you're has you like dragons it's very true shady. um i think we've kind of talked about most of the one drops that we want to talk about yes we skipped some you know tide caller is probably caught crying in a corner right now but he deserves yeah, I mean, it i can call i can throw tide caller a very <laughs> tiny thing if you're playing Jandis and you're swapping a murloc token that card is okay no, because it don't don't, so don't give him any there you go. no you're playing Jandis, you know you don't really buy it but you don't hate swapping into it and for a tithe caller, that's not a bad place to be, right? You don't hate randomly getting it. If we, you can do that for like every card. <laughs> you hey, want. you know, you make me feel that. If, if you played my Ev and you have a hyena and the the, the alley cat token, oh, the hyena's pretty good. There you there. go. Playable. <laughs> <Body or hyena. laughs> Uh, I, 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 I don't know if that's necessary, but yeah, there's a lot of interesting one drops. Um, I, I think this top discussion ended up being more uh, interesting than just like, oh, tokens, boo they're the best, da-da-da, the only tokens. It's actually a little bit more um, interesting, there's hierarchy with the tokens. If you're playing your farm curve, maybe tokens aren't the only thing you need to look out for, especially if you're, if you're looking for pairs and things like that, so um yeah i i i am i'm happy we had this topic i thought yeah, it would be yeah i thought it'd be uh more boring more like tokens are the best ignore everything let's move on <laughs> no. if you play the game as much as we do right there's just gonna be small things that you notice over time we're like yeah i kind of like this one when i'm doing this kind of like that one when i'm doing this my last and final topic i thought this would be something a little interesting to talk about is Amalgadon too strong to prevail in this meta? You know, I just wanna, I wanna mention that your TLDR too long didn't listen. I would say no. I wouldn't say it's it's like oh my god, remove the card or anything like that. But I I do think it is particularly interesting. It's gone through a couple of nerfs, like even even not even not the card itself, but just the idea, the essence of a card of an amalgadon, right? It's it's gone through a, a bit of the nerfs, and regardless, it still like shows up in in the late game. It shows up like, hey, I'm still here. I'm still gonna affect the outcome of matches <laughs> directly. <laughs> so I, I I think it's pretty interesting how. Um, they like the, they like this card or they like the essence of this card, right? It, it's gone through a lot of changes, um, but even then, it still has a lot of power and still does a lot. And a lot of people basically, you know, their whole game plan is get two copies of this card, give it poison divine shield, and then fill the fill the units with others other trash or just poison stuff, and then it, it works. <laughs> And that that's all they need. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of the key cards 
that opens a lot of compositions or allows you to force into the same compositions where it's like I'll do this and then I'll get to Amalgadons and then I'll I'll go from there. Like that is our that is my strategy, this this game. Or and then it works and you win. And you're like, yeah, that was a good strategy. Let's do it again. Right. And and it's it's very weird because you you always see this card. This card is never gone because it's everything. It's never it's not it's not like dragons where you some games that won't see them, right? You'll see this card every single game. So it just shows up where it's like, oh, I don't want to fight against a dragon opponent. Oh look, no dragons in the shop. Okay. We don't have to think about that. But here you have to think about this card every single game since, since I've been, it's always in the game and it always does stuff people will always have this you'll see in the tournaments right almost every person who won or at least top two someone was running this card so uh it, it, it's just a very strong card that has a lot of um you know this, what control I, I i wouldn't i don't know if that's too strong but like like it 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 pulls the meta in a certain direction um that if this card wasn't in what you wouldn't see as much i guess i i like it i think i think they got it right this time where you know the the small amalgamation or whatever the small one that yeah whatever it was called yeah yeah. it was it was just so dumb because yeah always take and then just get module and toxin that's it just always buy and then you know get brand and do menagerie later on a lot of the time here you pull an early amalgadon and you're like eh, two adapts three adapts like i'm good enough i've had those games where i have three adapts and it's like divine shield poison taunt and i'm just like (laughs) yeah like ah i'm so good at the game (laughs) and other times you have four adapts it's like plants times four let's get that and yeah i had that poison plants times three that's the design thing while we're on amalgadon there is no reason that Amalgadon should be able to adapt more than four times plants because you only have seven port slots when it dies. So it's just like times five plants. It's just, just never be possible because there's just no use for that. I mean, I mean four is really pushing it, but I, I get it, right? You know, it, there's some utility because it might be the last <laughs> unit and you might want to spawn seven spores, but five, that's, that's bullshit. It, if only Battlegrounds was that clean, right? Where it's like, oh, there's no reason yeah. for this to be in the game. Oh, yeah, let's just fix that up right <laughs> now. <laughs> like, out, out, out. <laughs> no reason, no reason, no reason. If only, right? But yeah. I do just cleaning I do. up like all the bad heroes like out 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 that's for that's fun and my f for everyone let's go yeah no but for I, I i like it like so i'm like they got it right this time with the amalgadon and i i like that you have something to build towards where almost no matter what build you have you know sometimes you've got jugglers sometimes well i mean beast comp kind of wants it but for a different reason you want as little adapts as possible right. for the part i just want to put in a you know an, an annoying model on it so it's got yeah. taunt divine shield and it counts as a beast so that's very specific beast comp parrot doesn't work well with other death rattles because then it might copy the amalgadon instead of the gold run so a one adapt amalgadon is usually good enough because once you have an once you have an, a module it's got taunt it's got divine shield it does exactly what it needs to do it makes sure that none of the beasts or the baron gets sniped and it's also not going to get one shot because it's got shield so then it's going to get buffed by at least one parrot so yeah it, it's just a really nice destination i would say uh where he's okay you know this is my comp i guess when i'm playing menagerie a lot of the time 
I have Amalgadon slots in my head where I'm like, okay. And you might also have this problem when you're playing Menagerie. It's like, oh, what do I cut? What do I cut? But, you know, I have two Light Fangs. I've got five things on the board that are getting buffed. What do I cut, right? And usually it's, okay, the thing that doesn't have Cleave, the thing that doesn't have Shield. So usually it's Demon slash Pirate, if you have that on your board. Those are very cuttable because those don't get Shield. Those don't get Cleave. So usually I'll just have a big, I don't know, Hogger or something. And then later on, when I do find the Amalgadon, I'll just say, all right, Hogger, it's been a good, you know, good time. Or I'll put the Amalgadon maybe in the buff slot to get the extra depth from the Hogger and then sell the Hogger to continue having a buff slot, something like that. Just sell the Light Fang. What do you mean? Just sell the Light Fang, just run six. Light Fang. Yeah, so just easy. triple the Light Fang, just sell the Light Fang, you get six units that you're buffing. But even, even then, right, you... um. You usually, I uh, this is maybe a personal preference of mine, but when I can't triple Light Fang, I like to swap into Bran. Once you get to the later stages of the game, Bran just gets so nasty because yeah, that's true. You know, it's so much nicer to get the initial Amalgadon with the Bran on it, but then you know Nosdormu, uh, not Nosdormu, Murzont, Murzont, you can steal really good cards from other people as you get to the late game. You just steal more Amalgadon, you steal Lizes and all that stuff. The um, 4-4 four, four Elemental, the Tavern Tempest. Once you're on tier 6, you can start getting Amalgadons from that thing. As you can talk about it, right? It was like, oh, this is a way to get more Amalgadons. So, you know, it's, all, it's pretty good. So maybe a, a little specific thing where, you know, if I don't have a Golden Light thing, I'll almost naturally pivot more towards Brand because I feel like the ceiling is a lot higher on Brand than Amalgadon. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I, 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 I do think that is like... My opinion as well. I don't think Amalgadon's too strong or prevalent, but it it I do feel that it does kind of affects the meta and like the meta would be different without an Amalgadon in the game, right? The late game kind of becomes, oh, how can I make my menagerie comp have more Amalgadon slash Amalgadon light units? So, you know, even if I can't get you know, three or four Amalgadons, I'll get a mech with Divine Shield and make its attack almost poison, right? <laughs> and it's, I'll just call it, a, you know, a random Amalgadon Jr. or something like that, you know? Or I have, like, um, uh, a Murloc or something, I put poison on it, hey, and then I'll find a selfless, hey, it's basically an Amalgadon. <laughs> you know, that's how I look at it, it uh, sometimes. So it's just kind of interesting how... how um, it, if people didn't run Amalgadons, you would see different comps, but because people are running Amalgadons, right, things like Bomb Comp aren't as popular because Amalgadons have like 100 health, right, and your bombs can't go through it, things like that. You don't see Jugglers as much, even though it's strong. If people get an early Amalgadon, right, the Amalgadon one-shots the whole Juggler composition, and you're just like, yeah, well, you know. Why are you playing jugglers? It's like I'm trying to do other things. You know, stop playing Amalgadons. You know, so it 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 kind of locks out some compositions from being available, right? If you see someone with an early like two Amalgadons and you're playing elementals, you're like, well, time to switch. <laughs> this, this ain't gonna work. So it, it, it's just interesting. There's no there's no like games you'll see without Amalgadons because it's so good and so uh readily available right some there aren't there aren't many sixes that do what amalgadon do does right where you can't get a six you know uh, you know bow early i guess gas coiler early kind of can kind of do that but once you hit the late game right 
you're, you're not looking for boats you're not looking for a gas curly you're really only yeah. looking for a magadon and maybe nadina if you have a dragon magadon is one of those units that you'll skip early if you feel threatened where you feel like oh it's not going to be strong enough right now i want to have you know a unit that does more straight away which is usually both or coiler is that strong tempo minion but late in the game unless you have a very good reason for it it's amalgadon yeah. yeah so it's just a interesting card you know i want to have my eye on but i think if you're like a designer it, don't don't fix the other stuff this isn't a yeah, there are other things to look at so i yeah, you know i just thought it was interesting discussion. we could do just like our round episode like 10 things i hate about hearthstone battlegrounds we go. should we should you know we definitely want to i want to add that good, in yeah. you know we'll do that for like some anniversary number <laughs> no i i want them to change it soon not an anniversary what no 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 it's next week let's go sure. here right. here are our rants fix all of this it's blizzard going. you know da, 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 da. but i mean i i um i think they're still working on their like their their changes for the expansion right because they they promised us quill wars and i haven't seen any quill wars in my game so far you know the expansions come out where are my new units so i'm sure they're working on something right now hopefully uh, i won't take too long right you know blizzard never takes long when they come to you know content so yeah i'm, I'm hoping next week i'll be like hey guys new blizzard let's talk new blizzard content battlegrounds content let's talk about it right but i mean they've been busy with the constructed expansions and stuff like that so it's, I'm, I'm giving them a pass so far but you know can't keep me waiting i'm only gonna be lenient for so long blizzard. <laughs> anyways uh that's gonna be uh, our topics for this week uh Thank you guys for joining us in this episode of Hearthstone Battlegrounds. Uh, I want to, you know, thank you guys for listening in. Thanks for people on the spot, the podcast, Apple, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And thank you, Shady, for joining us this week as well. My pleasure. And yeah, guys, it's been great having you guys around. Love making these, and hope there's many more to come. I I like uh I like the podcast. I don't like the pre-prep, pre you know, you see all these fancy little things that, you know, I got to do all this. <laughs> it's, it's effort. I didn't realize that, but yeah, I, I, you know, I get used to it or not. Um, do appreciate your feedback, um, and, and comments and all that, all that kind of thing. A uh, couple updates for the, the show. Uh, I've now added timestamps, so. If you go into YouTube and stuff like that, you go into the podcast directory, it has little timestamps. I don't know how to, well, I don't know if you can do it on the podcast directory, but it just shows you, oh, this is when the topic starts up. So, uh, thank you for that suggestion. We added in, hey, you know, suggestions actually cause results. Click on that. Another final thing, we've got a new email. So if you go to hsbgpodcasts, at gmail.com you can send us topics suggestions feedback you know i love the show i would love to please send me that i would love <laughs> yeah no, that right. would be 10 so emails good. at least come on guys yeah Use uh, it. but yeah you can uh you can send it and i'll put um probably a link in, in the youtube uh from now on and things like that so just something um if you guys want to send in questions right i think that would be interesting if you guys have like little uh 
questions and stuff you want to talk about, we can read them on the show, you know, discuss it. You know, I always wanted, wanted to ask this, you know. I don't know. Sure. Have you read it out loud again for people? HSBG podcast at Gmail. Yes, I have read it, but I don't read just it. Just making sure. Just making sure. Yeah, you 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 do that. You know, I appreciate that. Um, so that that will be some new um, some new stuff. You know, I we always like I like making like small updates week after week. You know, so I don't get swamped. Like, oh, let me make twenty changes today. It's like nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just do 10 or four or whatever, you know, and then every week, it, you know, the show gets better. And thanks for the suggestions and stuff like that. But yeah, you can reach, um, reach me, educate Collins. You can reach at, at the same thing on Twitter. I think most of y'all these days kind of know, uh, Sadie, same thing, right? I'm not going to force you to, you know, to uh, do that. No, <laughs> but yeah, Shady Bunny on Twitter, on, on, uh, Twitch and, and whatnot. And you can reach us through the email, or through anything, anywhere you think people can be reached. So if you want to go out to Earth and travel all that distance, then that might be a strategy as well. But yeah, anyways, um, that should be it for this week. This is kind of a long episode. I, I didn't know if it's going to be super long, but yeah, the tournament definitely does uh, did extend things. But, you know, it was a good tournament. Definitely watch that if you want. And um, that shall be it you know anything anything else you want to say any shout outs or whatnot you what you have uh yeah i guess shout out honestly to the team the ftk for producing the um the tournament it was really good like really enjoyed playing into it i think it was well handled i think a lot of the competitors felt the same way yeah i i i will give them a shout out from the production side of things just like you know it was actually a good production you know i've seen some of these they're they're not as good <laughs> but this one was actually very clean i liked it so you know definitely shouting out the team uh just doing doing what it, what needs to be done and i'd love to see more of these come up also want to shout Hubba bear once again for winning the tournament you know showing uh her class there so definitely want to give her uh, a little bit extra credit there so you know good, good luck good luck and you know thank you guys for joining us and uh, i hope you see us again next week uh, another episode of this show. <laughs>